And honestly, the reason I like playing ranked usually is not because I want to be at the top. It's because I want to play against other people who suck at my level of suck. Yes. Like, because <laughs> then it's fun again. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker Near. I'm Brett, and this week we talk about Microsoft's recent buyout of Blizzard Activision, as well as our thoughts on Halo Infinite. If you'd like to support Pick Up Your Sticks, you can buy us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash P-U-Y-S-Pod. As always, I am joined by my glorious co-host, Walker Nier. Walker, how are you doing? I'm good. Was that was that glorious or yeah, glorious? Okay. Oh, go- definitely glorious. Yeah, my go- <laughs> just covered in entrails. <laughs> I mean, I do like hyper violent movies and and video games and stuff, despite being completely nonviolent <laughs> in real life and being afraid <laughs> if I see two cats fighting. Um, so it could work. Yeah, fair. Anyway, so what's yeah. got you? Uh, what's got you acquisitioning your sticks this week? <laughs> Not acquiring, acquisitioning. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. The, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The show doubles as an English lesson for anyone that's looking to pick up the language. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, obviously, you know, big news in the last few weeks about Microsoft buying out Activision Blizzard, and uh, I've seen. I'm a member of a few different gaming groups, and uh, there's a lot of people that are worried that this is, you know, Microsoft monopolizing. Uh, gaming or that Sony is not going to be able to continue on or, you know, whatever. And I actually don't think that any of that is the case. Um, I think it's a a huge win, frankly. I mean, we just did an episode, I don't know, a month or two ago about Blizzard's fall from grace. Right. And obviously the, the most um, talked about aspect of that is their horrible workplace culture environment that they've developed there. Right. But the point that we really tried to emphasize on that episode was while all of that is true and valid as a criticism, they also just haven't made good games in quite a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, Overwatch is, I no longer really play Overwatch, but that's not because it's a bad game. It's, it's really because I don't have five other people or four other people to play with that right. make it reasonable. Um, and well, and even plug. there's no even hype surrounding anything. Right. They, they like did a Diablo four teaser trailer, but they, they let those out like five to 10 years before the game's ready. For <laughs> well, Diablo and they're all games. just cinematic and right. And like, there's no talk of overwatch two in the news at all. Well, Jeff Kaplan, the lead guy for overwatch team left. I mean, I think over a year ago, maybe at this point. So, right. you know, they've just, they've hemorrhaged talent. Um, and they just don't really seem to have their way. And, I think it's great that they're getting bought. I think it'll potentially help solve the toxic workplace environment. I know they'd already at least been publicly, you know, stating that they were making changes and doing things to try and accommodate that. But now even all the way up to Bobby Kotick will be reporting to someone else. Right. right. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's a good thing. And I, honestly, I, I'm the thing I'm most excited about is that we get all the blizzard games on PC pass now. Yep. Which is kind of silly because I already own all of the Blizzard games, yeah. but all future Blizzard games. Well, I mean, there's, so there's a few there's a few huge things to that. Like, so one, I think I want to uh, let I think the PC Pass topic is going to be longer. So I want to go before I make my, my comments yeah. on that. Like, there's I think it's really good for all gamers. Like, there's all the all the comments about the console wars are are all over the place. But I actually think that like PlayStation has been like kind of top dog as far as the console wars are concerned for a while. Like it's not that Xbox is, you know, worthless or anything like they're still in there, but PlayStation's kind of been writing most of the rules as far as the console wars wars go. And they haven't really had to play. There's not, they haven't had to play cross platform. They haven't had to like give anything. They, it's just us and what we've got. And with, with this acquisition, if, if it puts them on the back foot at all, they may start doing things like more cross-play, more PC launches, you know, like maybe a PC, you know, PlayStation on PC pass or something, you know. Well, so they have that. It's called, uh, I think it's called PlayStation Now, but it's only old games. 
and it's streaming. So right. And it's more expensive than PC Pass, which is new games, and they're not <laughs> streaming. You can right. stream them, but that, that's not the exclusive way that you can play them. And so, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's a, I think it's a healthy thing for competition, to your yeah. point. Um, and I think, you know, I also think that, that maybe people's perception of what the console wars, if you know, we want to use that term, right. how they've gone. The 360 and the PlayStation 3 got massacred by the Wii. <laughs> right i mean really the wii is like insane and, and i mean the my Switch... mom bought a wii and my right. mom hates video games mm -hmm. <laughs> um the wii Switch... u is terrible the, yeah the yeah. switch did the same the nintendo did their every other system thing <laughs> yeah the switch has been great i mean i don't know that the switch is has um, dominated the market but i don't know though because it also replaces the ds so yeah. now they don't have a separate handhold and handheld and home console it's all one so maybe it is. I, I, I don't know for sure where the sales numbers are with them. But I know in the PS4 era, Sony uh, was was dominant there. But it's it's not as if it's not as if any of these companies have had some stranglehold on the market forever. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, or, no. It's or that like, any of them are like on some... By being... Huge... I don't mean that like Sony's had some like... They've been at the top of some giant... Like, it's all pretty much even. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I didn't mean that even in, as a rebuttal to what you were saying as much as like just the notion that people are um, worried that this is like the end times for it or something. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, there's I mean, no way <laughs> the, two, the two top, uh, you know, consoles being if we assume that's PlayStation and Xbox, if that's what you want to refer to again, they both were on the back foot against the Wii a decade ago and mm -hmm. they've been fine. So yeah, they've both um, made it OK. Right. Um so yeah, I think it's I think it's a, a win, and you know something else um, that I, I've also heard is people talking about oh now Microsoft's gonna you know acquire these IPs and then they're gonna just run them into the ground, and that's just not actually the track record of Microsoft at all. Um, no, EA has that blood on their yes. on their hands to some extent, um, and maybe has tainted people's idea of what happens after mergers. Yeah, but that's interesting because we have. We have more recent examples like Bioware got bought out by EA in 2008. Like mm -hmm. that's a long time ago. Microsoft just bought Minecraft within the last five years and it's only continued to improve. Yeah, it's only better. gotten better. Yeah, right. Um, Microsoft bought Rare a real long time ago. And I don't know all of the titles that Rare has made, but they're behind Sea of Thieves and Sea of Thieves is excellent. Right. And the um, studio still the thing is, is the studio still exists. Right. Westwood Bungie. does not still exist. <laughs> Bungie even was a Microsoft let them negotiate oh. their way out and go. Mm -hmm. And then they went to Activision, actually, and then yep. left that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but so I don't know. I, I just I don't think that Microsoft has warranted the reputation of this like evil, at least in the video game space, software killer. Now, if yeah. you're a big Netscape guy. Maybe you Maybe. don't like Microsoft, but <laughs> that's a I mean, it's, it's, joke. For you know, I heard a comment um, <laughs> that Microsoft is one of the only studios that's shown up to like any of the big games cons. Right. Mm. With with and, and like did a panel on ex like inclusivity. Like mm. they're the only company that showed up and been like, here's all of our controllers for different forms of disability. Like. Like, and we want right. them on all of like all of our systems. Like, it's like maybe some of that's placating, but some of it is also just like, I think that Microsoft yeah. really does want everybody to be a gamer. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I think that's the other side of the coin. That's maybe harder to keep in perspective when, when talking about it in the context of gaming, because almost everyone else that they're competing against largely is also in the space of gaming, like Nintendo, you know, I'm sure that there's, TV shows of Mario or something still, but they're a game company, right? Now, right. Sony is obviously bigger than just gaming, but in a lot of ways, PlayStation is pretty ubiquitous with Sony. <laughs> For Microsoft, gaming is a tiny fraction of that whole company. Right. right? So, yeah. so I think that they also have an opportunity to invest more and take more risk and do mm -hmm. go out more because if it doesn't work perfectly, they're, they're, there's, they're not, they're not risking at all. You know what I mean? They're not right. betting the farm. Um, 
and I don't mean to jump back to PC Pass so quickly, but no, you yeah, know, we talked earlier a little bit offline about how PC Pass is kind of like Netflix, and you had mentioned how Netflix has kind of steadily increased prices, and so will we see that same thing from PC Pass? And very well we may. Obviously, I have no idea, but the other difference again is that Netflix's entire business every dollar they make is from someone subscribing. That's true. Yeah. Right. So you're not going out and getting like Netflix window curtains <laughs> or something like they're not like a big, a big construction, you know? Well, and, and that's the thing is, I mean, you know, when it comes to Microsoft, I mean, yeah, everyone's familiar with windows and all of the home stuff, but Microsoft has an enormous footprint in the business world. Yeah. That's and totally independent of all of this, right? Yeah, and home. software and infrastructure for hospitals and, and cloud military and, and yeah. Right. Right. So I don't know. I think uh I think it's a I think it's a huge win and I think that it will be good for Blizzard because I was honestly pretty nervous that that was just not going to really be a thing for very much longer. I mean not like the next year, right. but Diablo 4 I can't imagine succeeds. Um I guess now they have said there will be a they've hinted at a Starcraft three, maybe. But yeah, they're, I mean, Microsoft basically said we want to bring Starcraft back. Which is <laughs> well, awesome. They better go like, bring the whole team from Frost Giant back. I know. They're right? all gone. I mean, they. what are they going to do? <laughs> Not buy Frost Giant? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like we will offer your team to come make Starcraft three instead of whatever it is you're making. Or right. we'll just offer your company more money than it can say no to. Right. Like, now, see, like, like an example where I would think, and I still wouldn't attribute this, like, evil, dark overlord to no. Microsoft, <laughs> but if they were buying Riot instead, yeah, I would be more disappointed in that because yes. I think Riot still has a ton of upside and potential, and I'm really interested to see where they go. Right. And I like them being independent, but it felt like Blizzard's kind of in a death spiral. I mean, so... the, the biggest thing I think that Microsoft actually gets out of this acquisition is probably King. Probably they, yeah. they get Candy Crush, right? <laughs> so like, well, and, and you know, and, and you and I, we play Blizzard games, and we don't play King games, right? And we don't really play a lot of Activision games. But I mean, <laughs> the the elephant in the room that I haven't said yet is Call of Duty <laughs> is right. nuts, right? So uh, as far as a sales thing, so I mean, yeah, it, it's gonna. And honestly, though, I like Call of Duty enough that I would be willing to play the six hour campaign for free. Yeah. Well, free is not the right word, but as on, part of a PC a, pass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to pay $60 to play no, the six hour no. campaign because it's not that good. Exactly. And even the multiplayer, I might jump around and, you know, jump in and click mm -hmm. heads for a little bit, but I'm not going to do it for 20 hours. No. Even, yeah. So I'm not going to buy it, but now I'll, I'll probably check it out. Yeah, I definitely um, would. Yeah. I mean, I, I especially if we get some of those old ones that come like I wanted to play the a couple of the like, I don't know, the future modern warfare ones like those so are good. I actually have always thought that the zombie modes looked really yeah, interesting because they have a whole crazy metagame to them mm -hmm. that's totally unique. But I just I never I didn't own a lot of them. And the ones that I owned, my other friends wouldn't because we didn't ever buy them consistently. Right. But yeah, if it comes out here, then I mean, then everybody can get it. Yeah, we might be able to do a four-man yeah. uh, zombie mode or something that could be, be a lot awesome. of fun. Yeah, so. I, uh, I, so in in wondering about ways like they, there, something is going to have to. I mean, it doesn't even have to change monetarily because, like we said, Microsoft's this is not their only income stream, but they make like three billion a year off of Games Pass, and like, yeah, that's been growing, but that's still quite a number of years before sixty some odd billion is paid off, right? But. It is, but yeah. Go oh, ahead. go ahead. No, no, please. I was just going to say that, like, they could potentially do tiered things like yeah. certain depth. So like maybe Blizzard games are an extra four dollars a month or something. Right. right? Like and, and that would still be I don't think it wouldn't be unfair to do that. It would be like Amazon Prime if you want to add HBO to yeah. it or something. Well, right? and because now you have things like if you're already spending nine dollars a month for PC pass and a wow subscription is 15 bucks a month, like what if PC pass was just $5 more a month? And now you, anybody that anybody with PC pass has a wow subscription. Yeah. Like that can rekindle a lot of what wow has been losing. Like they've been hemorrhaging players for a long time. And yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I think that's, I think stuff like that is, is definitely on the table and, and yeah, would be just yet again, a crazy value players like you would like, like you would save money. 
(laughs) (laughs) Even if it was a $5 add-on, you'd still save $10 a month. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, I think it's, well, and then, you know, you'd mentioned before that like there are, there are old IPs that were originally like PlayStation games like Spyro and Crash Mm -hmm. Bandicoot that are now Activision IPs. So now those will be likely on Microsoft, assuming that they make games for those IPs still. Um, But I think it'll also be interesting to see how Microsoft proceeds because Microsoft has already put out a statement saying that they don't intend on taking Call of Duty, for example, away from PlayStation. Right. right? Yeah. They said they would honor any active contracts. Well, and they said that they 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 want Sony to be a part of the gaming atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want it to just be. I honestly point. think it, it, that, that puts a lot more pressure on Sony. If when you launch a, like a, any, any gate, like a crash bandicoot or a Spyro and you have the PlayStation logo and then right after it, the Microsoft logo, <laughs> like, like brought to you by Microsoft is kind of like, yeah, we'll, we'll let you put our games on your system. Uh-huh. Yeah. We won't restrict anything, but you're going to have to show our logo. <laughs> you know, yep. you have to call us daddy now. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think it's, I think that, um, I, I, yeah, again, I just think it's a total, a total net win. And, and to go back to PC pass, that is a total net win for gamers. Like oh, whether yeah. you're a Linux person or whatever opinion you have of Microsoft, which again, if we're talking about certainly the last decade, I'm hard pressed to understand how you have a really negative opinion of Microsoft. Cause once we get to windows eight and beyond. Yeah, once we get past Vista. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like Vista is yeah. the last time where it was truly like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, ten, the transition to 10 was scary. And yeah, it probably collects a little bit more data on me than I appreciate. Right. But it's not been a bad experience overall. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the, xbox operating system is basically 10 yeah so there's just a lot of integration that's available with it and you and i obviously as pc gamers um i appreciate that but anyway i mean you know obviously we're old so you know when we grew up everything was physical media only and and then even when things transitioned to digital media streaming and in the way that we consume things now is not common still you still even if you were going to get it digitally you had to pay for each individual title or album if it's music or whatever and then music was the first to go streaming and i was pretty surprised how that worked out yeah uh, again it used to be 15 dollars for one cd mm-hmm. with 10 to 12 tracks i mean and then it was a dollar a song right <laughs> and now it's I pay $15 a month for music and that's a family plan that covers mm-hmm. me and five other people. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and there's well, infinite music. There's no, all limit. Of it. there's right. no cap. There's nothing right. that I can't get. Right. Well, and, and you and I specifically, we use YouTube music. So that actually integrates with YouTube. Mm-hmm. So then if a song is not in the YouTube music catalog, right. Probably it's someone's on uploaded YouTube. it to YouTube. Right. Yeah. And you can well, and there's the a lot of things off. that are on YouTube that you can't get on Spotify or Apple. Right. You can't get DJs doing remixes and like bulk sets or live mixes. You can't get any of that on Spotify because it's all copyrighted. Right. And like YouTube's still kind of a gray area. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm reviewing it. Yeah. By mixing it. <laughs> Fair use. Parody. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the. And so then, and then it goes to movies and that was, that was pretty surprising as well. Um, but I, I mean, I don't, you know, I say this, it's not like I have some great level of insight into a, the market or B the technology that drives this, but I did not think we were close to, Hey, you can pay $10 a month and play 300 new titles mm-hmm. in I 4k, like for right. streaming <laughs> and day one releases like, yeah new is not just a year or older like it's right literally the game comes out and you i mean we have the pandemic to thank for some of that yeah i mean it was happening with shows so yeah but i mean some shows are still one episode a week to try to bring you back to the website or whatever but yeah yeah i uh yeah so amazon will release like the expanse they release Mm -hmm. um weekly and 
I don't know. On the one hand, I, I'm kind of a binger, so I don't like it because I'm right. like, nah, I just wanted to watch it. But the other hand is that, like, whenever I binge something a week later, I'm like, nah, I kind of remember it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I watched so much at one point. Right. You know, it's all, it's only the big things that I remember. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know, by spacing it out, maybe it also just helps it kind of be more sticky. I don't right. know. Um, I think it also makes it easier to talk about with people because yes. people can be at the same spot. If if you all binge different amounts. Right. Oh, you only binged half a season in one day? Shame. Right. Like, right. <laughs> or someone just inadvertently, you know, does a right. spoiler. Exactly. Can you believe X killed Y? Like, what? No, no. X and Y are friends. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I, I just I'm just blown away by we're going to get all those titles on PC Pass now as well. I mean, well, and I think that we're not far from streaming games. I mean, it's already been tried a couple of times. And, yeah, and it's getting there. I think that. Some games, of course, would be a lot easier to stream than others, especially any game that's under a gig, you know, which includes like basically like every mobile game and anything that can run on mobile or is cross platform to mobile could be streamed. No problem. But yeah, well, I think I think... a lot of other games would have to there would you'd have to either rewrite how you deliver your code and mostly your textures or have some crazy cloud infrastructure, which I mean, Microsoft and Amazon have. Right. But how much of it they want to devote to that is a, is the question. Well, and I th yeah, I think it's also just I mean, in the U.S., Internet is just so spotty. I mean, we live in a, a very small to medium sized town and like, you know, 200,000 people ish or so. And our Internet's OK. Yeah. Um, but it's not best in the world or something. But if you drive an hour outside of where we live into some more rural parts of the state, there's no fiber. <laughs> yeah, they just don't have good internet still. So, you know, I think turn-based games, like games that don't require twitchy reaction, right. are also ideal for that. I don't know if Super Meat Boy is fun to play on stream right now. Well, and it's, <laughs> it, I, again, I think it's it, it depends on how you do it, because Super Meat Boy is not very big. So I yeah. don't know. You can essentially stream the whole download of the game in <laughs> right. and do it, run it all on the client side yeah, um, just without the executable. I think right. there's a lot of things like that that you can do. Um, multiplayer games, probably not as much because, yeah, you require that connectivity, that the low ping. Yeah. But, yeah, I think there's room for it, at least in, in some ways. And I think that Microsoft's been taking steps toward there, but I think it's much smarter than what like Google tried to do, where it's like, we want to jump there. It's like well, that's what I was going to say is honestly, when Google tried it and failed, I was kind of like, hmm, it must not just we must just not be ready because. Google makes everything work well. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's one of those things that like kind of like we were talking earlier offline is like a lot of companies like you see the news headlines where it's like X company spends Google invests 500 million into, you know, cloud gaming, but 500 million. It's like it's like I have, I'm going to steal an entire bit from Butterscotch shenanigans. It's uh, it'd be like me saying Walker near invested three dollars in a pen to challenge the writing market. Right. Like, like all writers of all books. Like right. if you if now what Microsoft's doing is different. That's 60 billion, like <laughs> right. almost 70 billion, like yeah. with a B. So if Google invested 100 billion into cloud gaming, I bet it would have been pretty successful. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. It could be. Um, yeah, you're definitely right that there's there's levels to their the commitment. Um, it sounds like a big number, but <laughs> yeah, it is a big number. It is a big number. <laughs> there is a level of bigness to it in comparison yeah. to how much of the how much of a risk they're taking. Right, right. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, did you have any other thoughts on the acquisition? Um, I mean, I'm I'm actually really excited for it. I think it'll it'll. We just got to the point where the Blizzard Activision acquisition was shaking out and mm -hmm. it's going to be a couple few years before anything even remotely significant changes unless and people might move around some that'll be the most significant thing that we could expect to see in the next year or two yeah um, maybe some announcements but how this really changes things i mean five years at least before we you know we'll circle back around to that topic <laughs> i don't know what the name of it is but blizzard has since then uh, announced a brand new survival game that's a brand new IP, new oh, world, yeah, everything that was, that they're working yep. on. So that could be interesting. Hey, 
that's a win. I, I mean, the truth is, is that Blizzard's heritage, not the last few years, but previous, is they take a genre that is already in place and they go, yeah, but we can do that way better. Like we can streamline right. and make that way more fun. I, that'd be awesome if they could do that with survival. Like what if they could make a game that was like Valheim except AAA quality, right? Where it right. like solves a lot of the tedium. And does things in weird and innovative ways that change us forever to go like, why did we ever have a hunger system? Ever? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Well, so that takes us to the next thing that we wanted to talk about this episode, which is a direct, directly uh, result of PC Pass, and that is Halo Infinite. Um, I've not played a Halo game since... I think I played four briefly on the 360, yep. but I haven't had an Xbox since the 360, so... Yeah, same. I didn't, I, didn't play... beat, I didn't beat four on the 360 either, which was the first Halo game that I didn't beat. Mm. Since, I guess, I, I played three in ODST and then stopped. And then I think I just, like, when I... I had a 360 that burned up and I bought somebody else's 360 and they had that mm. the Halo 4. So I played like half of it, but I just didn't care. Yeah. I mean, because we're talking years later. Um, right. Like, so I, yeah, it didn't bother me at all. I didn't, I wasn't involved in it. I didn't care about the story anymore. I think I watched the rest of the gameplay on like Twitch or something or a YouTube video. But yeah, Halo Infinite was, again, it, it was essentially quote unquote free. It feels free. It was... Some right. fraction I didn't pay of my beyond. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I've spent quite a bit of time with it. I think we've both finished the campaign. Mm -hmm. I've also played the multiplayer, not, you know, probably even 20 hours or something, but I've, I've gone to it on several different occasions and played with friends and even just by myself, hopped into the multiplayer and, and messed around. Um, I, I think it's great. I really, I think is a, I, now I didn't play Halo. I played Halo one on PC but really only the single player right. um, didn't play Halo two at all played Halo three, but almost exclusively multiplayer mm -hmm. did play through reach and beat it single player and played some of its multiplayer, but it's like a prequel to Halo one. Right. I didn't touch reach. I don't think it was the last Bungie one. Okay. Um, and then, and then yeah, four very little didn't see five at all. And then, and then yeah, infinite and uh, yeah, I'm pretty impressed with it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it one. And, and I think, again, this goes this is like showing a little bit of Microsoft's hand like Halo was going downhill, like nobody cared that a new Halo game was coming out. Yeah. And then they did the remastered collection, like the, the Master Chief collection. Yep. They launched it all along with Xbox Games Pass for essentially you could have all the Halo games for free if you give us nine dollars a month. And it was good. And all of it was good. And mm -hmm. it got a lot of rave reviews. And then they're like, okay, yeah. And by the way, Halo Infinite's coming out like next. Like that was yeah. in production when they were doing all of that, but nobody knew. And I think that's the way to do it is, is giving people getting that hype naturally without artificially hype, like saying it's all hype for something else. Right. But yeah, so, um, so I'm curious what you thought of the Halo Infinite story my experience with it is, again, I don't really know the story in the Halo games all that well because I've played through one and Reach, which are the, the very first two storylines that you can play. Didn't play two, didn't beat the campaign in three, didn't beat four, didn't play five. So when we get to Infinite, and they're all just direct continuations, uh, you're just at the next stop in Master Chief's journey or whatever. So I actually went out and watched a 30-minute YouTube video summarizing the story up to that point right um honestly my takeaway from it was not that it's bad or not that there's anything wrong with the story it's more that it's it's gone on for so long now that it would be like if you'd never seen game of thrones for example which is eight seasons right. and it was like hey what happens in game of thrones in 30 minutes like <laughs> right you, good luck understanding that and so it's kind of the same thing with Infinite, where it's like, if you don't already have that knowledge, trying to catch up on that much story in 30 minutes is, it's just kind of convoluted. And there's a lot of characters that I don't know. But I don't mean that the story itself is actually convoluted. It just is if you try and condense it that much. Right, right. Um, 
So I didn't really care about the story in Infinite that much. I didn't think it sucked or something. Yeah, but I, I mean, just... you're not the biggest story person to begin with. But I I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you did go like try to get a YouTube video and get primed on it. Yeah. Like I didn't. I mean, I've known the story and I, I did play through one and then two and three, both campaign and, you know, multiplayer was a big, a big part of my like college years. But um, yeah, so I mean, I was and then four and five, I, I watched play a little bit uh, and then watch the rest on like I YouTube see. and whatnot. And well, that was a while ago. So even I like when I first started Infinite, I was like, yeah, where where are we in the story? What's ha I kind of forgot. Right. Um, but I wasn't I mean, this time when I went in, like when I downloaded Halo, like I wanted to play through the campaign, but not for the story. Mm. Like I actually just really like Halo as a shooter. Yeah. Like and always have. And and like I don't really love the multiplayer anymore. And and I but I, I think it even is still better than like a, a Call of Duty or anything like that. Like it's just a, a little bit not to say slower, but no, it is like it, it's a yeah, it's it's not as much like crouching and hiding with a one pixel gap to try to aim through to like kill people that come around a corner. Like, well, and even beyond that, like um, just because of the way the mechanics work with the shield, you you know, in, in Call of Duty, you get two ends of the spectrum. You get people who camp like you're talking about mm -hmm. where they just hide in some obscure corner and that's where they are and they can one shot anyone that runs across their path if they can make the shot or you get people who just sprint everywhere with, with a knife yeah or, or <laughs> machine guns or right. whatever and but again the time to kill is so fast right that if they had their crosshair on you first it's just over and in halo because of the way shields work like if you're engaging from far away at all you can probably break line of sight and you're not just dead right you can reset and if someone runs around a corner they don't just kill you with the first shot out of their Uzi if it hits right. you in the face because it doesn't count as a headshot yet. You know what I mean? So um, it does slow it down. And it's also smaller groups. Like one of our good friends uh, really likes Battlefield games, and he was trying to get me to play Battlefield with him also on PC Pass because yep. they have all of EA's catalog. <laughs> also insane. Anyway, um, and in Battlefield, it's actually kind of hard for me to understand how I'm affecting the game because it's yes 30 on 30 or 15 on 15 or whatever. And it's just chaos and it, it's cool in its own way. It's almost cooler aesthetically than it is for me to play. Right. Like I like the chaos and there's like jets and tanks and buildings crumbling, but playing it feels confusing a lot to mm -hmm. me. And in halo, it's like it's four on four or, or am, am I red or am I blue? Cool. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> And it's smaller maps, it's smaller teams, and it's like, oh, well, I can definitely tell how I'm affecting the outcome of this, and I don't know. I, I, I can feel like I'm helping a teammate out, whereas in right. Battlefield, it's like, I don't know if anyone else even knows I'm here right now. <laughs> and does it matter if I if I am? <laughs> right, <laughs> like, If yeah. I'm here at all, does it even matter? Yeah. No, I think, I mean, overall, the story, I mean, it was, it was okay. I think Halo Infinite is exactly what I would want out of a more Halo game. Like, it's not fantastic. It is not breaking the mold of shooters. It is not doing anything that anybody else hasn't really done before. In fact, it's stealing from a lot of different areas and putting them together. But all in all, it was it was good. It was media. It was very it was not bad. It was not bad. Halo. It did not make me go, gee, I hate Halo more. I was like, yeah, that was definitely a Halo game. And I enjoy Halo games. So I guess I enjoyed that. You know. Well, I mean, you know, I if I think about comparing it to something like Borderlands 3. So Borderlands 3, when we reviewed that when it very first came out, which is the really the very beginning of our podcast. Um, we talked about how a criticism of, of it was that it was more of the same, but part of that's kind of part of what we liked about it because it's its own thing, right? Like it, right. we don't want it to feel like every other game or something. But Borderlands, as an example, has some elements of it that are very tedious, like the constant inventory management and the constant is this piece of gear an upgrade or that piece of gear an upgrade and all of that stuff. And in Halo, I honestly, there just wasn't any part of it that I felt tedious like that about. Like there wasn't any no. part of it where I was like, eh, I wish they would have designed that different. It all feels fine. The only thing that I did was like, I did not care about the armor upgrades. 
like oh. at all. I did not find myself caring to go out of my way for them. I actually am one of the few people, I guess, it wasn't until after I beat the game that I saw like videos of it started showing up in my, my YouTube feed uh, that, like, I didn't upgrade the grappling hook all the way, so I didn't get the, like, electric shock melee thing. I didn't use that either. Like, no. I got it, but I didn't actually utilize it because I don't think yeah. to... It's not in my head of, like, rotation. Right. <laughs> like, <hello. laughs> Um. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like it, it definitely it felt like they were trying to nick a lot of Doom Eternal out of it, like oh. like the grappling hook and finding the little armor chips on other fallen Spartans. Like it, it yeah. seemed like they were trying like, just like whatever. I don't care. But it was like this isn't this doesn't look like a nod as much as like a like they did know. it and, and Doom guy was cool. So we need to be cool. Like, I don't we're going to punch mean, a console. and <laughs> Doom Eternal's, like, upgrade systems are so much more intricate and complex than, than Halo's. I mean, on Halo... I just meant in, like, the animations. Oh, God. Of, like, oh, this is a chip on a Spartan armor. And in Doom Eternal, it's like, this is a chip in a, you know, a relic armor. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, arguably, in both games, the enemies, at least the low-level versions of them are terrified of yeah. <laughs> the protagonist and refer to them as the demon. The demon. So. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but I don't know, actually, because I've heard other people talking about that, like, Halo steals from Doom. But I don't know if that's true or not, because Doom guy, as we know him now, doesn't look like that in the old Dooms. Right. Yeah. Doom definitely stole from Halo, too. So Right. Like, yeah. the whole They're... combat armor thing. That's a, that's Halo first. Like, yeah, Doom it's who's who's stealing. Marine. It's going the back and forth, you know. Right. Um, but hey, if you're going to steal ideas from a game that's a shooter, please yeah, let please it be steal from Doom. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the grappling. I think the grappling hook was a huge bonus to. Oh, I do to, too. To Halo. I yeah. cannot play Halo with because like I didn't like Halo with jetpacks, but Halo with grappling hook feels about right. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And in multiplayer, what they did um, is they make it. Not, a grappling hook is not on every level, right? Um, but every level will have like active camo or overshield or maybe some grappling hooks or some of the thruster things that allow you to dodge roll. Right. But they're pickups that have limited uses, like two or three uses, and then they have to respawn. So multiplayer didn't turn into people just grapple hooking all Everything. over the map and, it you know, it's tribes now or something. Right. Um which I think is also good because in Reach is where they introduce jetpacks. Yeah. But in Reach, the jetpack could just be something that you spawned with. So then you really did just have people flying all over. Now, the jetpack was actually kind of underwhelming. But right. the point just being it, it felt like a departure from Halo. Whereas to me, the armor abilities like the grappling hook and stuff they have now feel a lot more closely aligned with how Halo 3 worked, where you would pick up like a bubble shield and you could deploy mm -hmm. it and that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, really, really like that. I was also really impressed with the variety of guns in Halo, which it's not yeah. new to this Halo game, but I forgot how much they do that. I think it's refined in this one yeah. beyond what it has been. Like they don't ever explicitly state it, but you learn it, or you maybe you don't, but most people will probably learn that there are, like, three types of weapons. Hmm. And there are different, like, they're effective on different types of enemies. Like, there's the elect electricals can, like, kill shields and one-shot any robot. Right. And then, like, plasma kills shields pretty well, but isn't good against, like... Health. You know, health, yeah. And then kinetic weapons are really good against health. And then, you know, hard light's kind of a mix, and, like... Well, and then the other thing that Halo does that's really pretty unique to shooters is it has guns that can't headshot. Like, yeah. you can't headshot with an assault rifle, um, but you can with a battle rifle or you can with a pistol. Right. So there's also, like, marksman weapons versus more just, like, not spray and pray, but whatever, just dump right. a clip on someone kind of weapons. Um, and, you know, the imp implications of that in multiplayer, I think, are more dramatic. But I think that's the other thing is in multiplayer... I'm not using all of the guns, right? right? Like I'm using typically much more like marksman oriented guns. Um, but in the campaign, sometimes you can't find ammo for those. Like I might mm -hmm. spawn with a battle rifle at the FOB, 
but then I'm out of ammo after two clips and right. now I have to pick up the alien guns. So yeah, I just found myself using, I mean, I think I probably used every gun available throughout to some the campaign. Extent, certainly, especially, especially when you get locked into like the, the forerunner areas mm -hmm. and there's lots of robots, then you're, you're eventually going to pick up a lightning gun or a sentinel beam or something and use right. it. Cause it's just, you're just not going to get ammo for anything else otherwise. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I also appreciated that they had the ammo containers. So like if you have a battle rifle and you run over an assault rifle, you don't get battle rifle ammo from the right. assault rifle. But there's just ammo crates that are just like kinetic ammo, plasma ammo, energy or electric ammo or whatever. So I kind of appreciated that too, that you don't always have to just find another copy of that gun because it doesn't make sense that the brutes have a stash of battle rifles on their ship. Right. Yeah. But they use weapons that have kinetic ammo. So it does make sense that that works that way. I think it, the thing that I really like, I mean, you bring up the FOB is, is the, the variant guns don't use special ammo. The mm, variant yes. guns do like, if you have a variant battle rifle, it uses any battle rifle ammo yes. and still works. And that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, so I read, I don't remember, it might have been PC Gamer, I don't know, I don't know, somewhere I read an article about how it's not truly an open world game because the first, like, two or three hours are linear, Yep. and then it goes into a quasi-open world, but then the game ends, at least the story ends with another... It jumps back and forth, yeah, like, the whole middle section is linear, and then it jumps back out into open world on the other side of the map. Yeah. And you have to take a linear path through the open world to link the two maps together yeah. to finish a couple of objectives. And then you go back into a fully linear, no map path to end the game with. Yeah. Right. But well, I, I mean, it's still okay. I still liked it. Well, and I, I, I absolutely loved um, having the open world to run around in. Like, you know, you think back to Halo one and the very first level of silent cartographer and like you just running around in this like beach landscape. And I don't know, like I just wanted to stay there longer. And I felt right. like with Halo infinite and it's not silent cartographer. It's not a beach landscape, but I got to just do that. I got to just play in a sandbox mm -hmm. of Halo. And I, did you ever play firefight? That was something that was Ooh, I don't new in ODST so. and Reach. Oh, wait. No, yeah, a little bit. A little Because, I mean, it's I played like a fair mode. amount of ODST. Yeah. Um, so, it, f I liked Firefight for that same reason, because it's just spawning in waves of enemies, and you're on a larger map, and you're just kind of running around fighting them however you choose to engage them. And uh, it the campaign felt like it captured that essence, if you will, throughout Without it. having, like a lot of side questy type things mm -hmm. like there were not, I was not turning in side quests or backtracking much at all. Like I, I think they did open world for, it was not a, an Ubisoft open world. No, but there is still plenty of collectibles you can yeah. get. I got, I don't know, probably I'll say a third of them or something. Um, but yeah, I didn't fully un I didn't fully upgrade the armor suit. I didn't fully unlock all of the variant weapons. Like I didn't actually unlock the variant battle rifle because I didn't rescue enough squads or whatever right. it is to do that. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't unlock everything. I definitely rushed getting a scorpion tank. I rushed getting the uh, the gun goose, the mongoose with the gun right. on it, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> just because I wanted to be able to drive quickly and still shoot. And you can't do that with the warthog. Another addition I have to say that I did think was super awesome is one of the upgrades you can get for the FOB is that the Marines, the NPC Marines will spawn with more powerful weapons. Mm -hmm. And then you can get a variant of the Warthog that doesn't have the gun. Mm -hmm. so you can fit four Marines in the back and then one in the passenger seat. Yep. So combine that with their better weapons and you can get a Warthog with five rocket launchers or five sniper rifles. Well, I was going to say, yeah, that, that's where, cause like when you get the variant weapons, there's like five boxes that you can pull weapons out of to get, and you can get them all to be the same one. Yeah. So you can give them all variant sentinel beams. Right. <laughs> and, and, or really just sniper rifles, just yeah. five sniper rifles. Cause their lock on range is insane. It sure is. <laughs> no, it sure you could just win the game slowly driving around the map at a warthog. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like, like there's another thing, like I, I, I still enjoy the warthog. Like yep. it still controls well. It still feels good. It's still fun. 
Um, and it's still sloppy and feels like a warthog. Right. Like right. it still feels like it shouldn't drive this way. <laughs> like I've never, it's always been like, it shouldn't quite handle like this, Right. it does. And that's right. just how they do. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel like it's as heavy as it should feel. Right. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Oh, Hey, what's up, man? Is that, uh, is that Indiana Jones that you're doing there? No, it's it's Star Wars. It's the Death March. Oh, right. Well, it's ominous sounding. So what's with that? Well, I mean, I was just imagining, you know, having to get in a character for when we have the corporate overlords that we'll submit to when we start selling out on ads. Oh, man. Yeah, it would be cool if there was some other way that we could fund the show. I mean, yeah, we we have a way, though. It's it's called ko-fi.com slash pod. People can just donate to Ko-Fi to help keep the podcast ad-free for the cost of about a cup of coffee. Oh, well, that sounds way better. What mouth trumpet song would you play for that? Uh, I don't know. I don't have trumpet music for every situation, man. It's just kind of random. Oh, well, color me surprised. That's not a color. But yeah, I don't know. I was really impressed with the campaign. I thought the open world section or whatever you want to call that was, was super fun. I thought it was neat being able to go... Because I did go hunt down some of the objective mm-hmm. on the map. I did hunt some and, of it, for sure. Uh, and, and I got a lot one. of it accidentally, too. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I I, I, ended up, when you first get into the open world, the first thing I did was headed to that, like, first fort. And that was actually a fairly long mission to, like, get all the fuel tanks and whatnot. Right. But at the end of it, you get a scorpion tank. Ah, right. And so I was like, well, like, as is tradition, I will drive it in in perpetuity get it through cracks and crevices that i should not be able to it is an open world now so i should have a lot more fun with this right and there'd be times that there's like a tiny yellow light like two kilometers away i'm like huh i wonder if a rocket will go that far and i shoot it and then it's like control tower destroyed plus 10 xp (laughs) i'm like what did i even do (laughs) (laughs) or like there's like 10 Marines that need your assistance and I'm three miles away. Well, I can see the faint outlines of grunts and elites from here. So I'm just going to shell infinite artillery rounds <laughs> until right. it says you've rescued all the Marines. So, you know, I definitely don't want to spoil the game. You know, maybe maybe Master Chief loses. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but am I correct in understanding that the story is yet again, someone's trying to restore the Halo ring to use it? Right. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I mean, yes and no. There's there's more to that now. It's more than just that. Right. But it is still to use it. So it yeah. is still that, which yeah. is the premise the whole time, right. basically. So which is fine. it's a power. I mean, it's he's just a Power Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I did find. I guess that is spoiler heavy. Um, yeah, I'll save it. That's fine because we didn't do a spoiler warning or anything like that. Right. So whatever. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I thought that the even though I wasn't like super gripped by the story and kind of didn't follow exactly how of it tied together, <laughs> frankly, um, I didn't think the cutscenes were super annoying no. or anything like that. Like they, they tried were... to humanize Master Chief a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but they also have a backup character to be more human, like just attached emotionally to this character now. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't yeah. know how I feel about the AI having such a. Oh, I was uh... I was thinking more about the. <laughs> the pilot <laughs> oh right right well th- yeah so the ai i mean and this was true in in pre in at least in four and maybe i think in four is maybe where it started but like it, the the ai acts like a you know i don't know 17 year old high school girl right. or something and it's like I mean, I get that there's some level of humanity to this or whatever, but why that personality if we could pick one? Right. You know, like maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe she's a little older. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. Maybe she. I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, I yeah, thought there was uh, a lot of great humor, like the yeah. number of voice lines that like not the stuff that they tried to do because ends up all the radio broadcast towers are like attempts at claptrap if claptrap was a grunt right like so i did not care about that at all but the things that the marines say and the like self-referential humor i loved 
and there's a lot of it. Yeah, I do agree that I think that they the the grunt dialogue oddly missed the mark. And maybe it's just because I'm not playing with Grunt Birthday Party on, and that's actually why I like Grunts, because I just like <laughs> watching their head explode into confetti, and they go, yay, every time. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I didn't feel like the Grunt dialogue was nearly as amusing, either as it used to be or as I used to find it. I don't right. know which one changed, me or the dialogue. Well, unlike but... specifically the broadcast towers were yeah. very forced. Like, we're being funny. <laughs> <laughs> You like Claptrap and you like the Raiders and Borderlands. So what if it was a grunt talking about Master Chief? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no. But when when I first unlocked the tank as a droppable thing from the, the ship and I got one dropped in and the guy comes in and he's like, this one's name is Sheila. And that's that's it. That's all he says. It flies off. I about died laughing <laughs> because <laughs> that's a red versus blue thing. Ah. And like, yeah. It's why are there six pedals if there's only four directions and Sheila nice. is the tank and it's a, it's glorious. It's a whole, it's a whole running gag. And I loved huh. it. Then there was a, there's one where I hopped into a warthog and I like came over to pick up, scoop up some Marines. And one of the girls is like, that's a nice looking Puma. And again, a a red versus blue joke. And it's like, I love, I like those little moments and they're not like, they didn't feel forced. You have to get certain things to happen. Like, it's not like it's unlikely that you're going to pick up Marines ever, but I only heard it once. Yeah. And like in YouTube videos, I saw a bunch of lines that I didn't hear. And it's like, that's, that was, that made me, that made me smile and not like, those are head nods that I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, so one of the skulls is to make rare dialogue more common. Um, and so just talking about the skulls, that's another element of it being open world now that I, I like a lot is that the skulls are just hidden around the, this open world map. So you really can just kind of run around and explore. Obviously, you could just Google <laughs> where they are too. But um, but I think it's neat to have them in a space that you can kind of access whenever you choose versus if you're in this level, you have to get it now or else, you know, that ship is sailed. There is still some of that though, because there are linear portions to the game. Yeah. But I think there's, I don't don't think it's that it restricts the skulls to that, but there are a lot of things that only happen that you can like data pads. If you are trying to hundred percent the game. Yeah. They're like the data pads, the voice logs and some of the other stuff. If you miss them, you're just hosed. That's true, but I think there's only a handful of those in those yeah. linear sections. So, but yeah, but the skulls are actually like, you know, typically modify the game right. in some way. Um, so yeah, and and yeah, to to go to the multiplayer quickly, you know, like I said, I I really enjoy you know Halo's brand of multiplayer, um, and it's cool to see it back finally with a new <laughs> version of it, and um, they do some cool things that are just not necessarily super common. So for example, you know, in Halo, a sniper rifle or a rocket launcher is a power weapon. Well, you can't just spawn with those like you can in Call of Duty or Battlefield, you know? Right. So the sniper rifle has a spawn point. Well, in like Halo 3, for example, and maybe this changed, maybe this is not new to Infinite. I don't know for sure (laughs) since I didn't play the last two, but like in Halo 3, the sniper rifle would have a spawn point, but you don't, it does it's not labeled for you somewhere. You just have to know where it's at. Right. And it's not necessarily hidden either, but it's just not blatantly obvious. And then the way that the mechanic works is once it's picked up, then it has a spawn timer. And so if people know the spawn timers, then they could basically effectively camp the sniper rifle because they right. know I picked it up at one minute and 20 seconds. It spawns in three minutes. So at four minutes and 20 seconds, I'm going to go, pick it back up right well in halo infinite it shows an icon that you can see from anywhere on the map that this is the sniper rifle or this is the rocket launcher or whatever and then it just shows the countdown until how long it responds again wow so what that does is it creates natural hot spots on the map mm-hmm. because everyone knows where this is when it's coming up and hey we better go get it yeah we're gonna fight for it 
Yeah, so you can be playing Team Slayer, but you still get an almost objective game like yeah, a little bit of fight. King of the Hill or something. Right, but it's not the entire match. It's not the right. emphasis. It's just little flashpoints. Um, really like that. The next thing that they that I like about it is was definitely true as early as Reach, at least. But that's that they label every part of the map. So if anywhere I am in the multiplayer map, I can look down in the lower left corner and it'll say I'm in the industrial factory or whatever right. it to be called. But what that does is it makes it over time. If you're playing on voice with people, you can call, oh, I'm, you know, there's an enemy in industrial factory with me. And other people now know what you're talking about because you can right. see it all the time. Whereas one of the most frustrating things, and especially if you're new to a game, is trying to call stuff and you're like, uh, there's a where'd you die? Where'd you die? Like I, there's a, a fence. Yeah, no. We're all dead too now. Like, oh yeah, oh because <laughs> it's Call of Duty and the match is eight seconds long. <laughs> yeah, um, I am excited for them to add multiplayer to the campaign. I think that would be a ton yeah. of fun. Yeah. Um, and then I've heard, I've read that there's hints that they may be doing a firefight mode with the flood, uh, which would cool. be really cool. That'd be really because cool. the flood aren't really in the campaign yeah, not really yeah i don't know if that's too spoilery be it not yeah, really whatever yeah maybe they are <laughs> if you made it if you made it 55 minutes in the episode congratulations <laughs> we're sorry <laughs> um but yeah so i don't know i'm ex i'm looking forward to see what what they'll come out with next for it as far as adding more multiplayer like co-op options mm -hmm. yep. um i like i like the competitive multiplayer stuff I say competitive, I man. I don't play ranked yeah, all rank, that often. <laughs> I mean, I do play ranked some. Honestly, the reason I don't play it the most is because, oddly, you can't queue just for ranked Team Slayer. You can just queue for ranked playlist, which includes uh, yep. Team Slayer, Capture the Flag, King of the Hill, Oddball. Well, not everybody can have Rocket League's player base. <laughs> Well, sure. For me, it's just that, you know, because I'm mostly pugging when I'm right. playing yeah. or maybe I have one other friend, but it's we I never have the full four stack. And so playing objective games with randos is just really challenging because yeah. usually what happens is people just want to play Slayer. They just want to go get killed. Right. And it's like, yeah, but if we don't kill the guy with the ball and hold that, we just lose. We die. Yeah. Right. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, that that's primarily the reason I don't play ranked. And honestly, the reason I like playing ranked usually is not because I want to be at the top. It's because I want to play against other people who suck at my level of suck. Yes. Like, because <laughs> then it's fun again. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> that, it's I still think, an honestly, even game. <laughs> that might be... that. I mean, outside of... There's a lot of things that make Rocket League multiplayer good. But maybe the strongest suit of it is that it actually does a really good job with matchmaking. Um, most of the time when you play Rocket League it feels like it was a relatively even match. It doesn't feel like you're playing against someone who's never played or a pro. Um, Cause it's not fun when that's what you fall into. Yeah. I, uh, I, I definitely like, it, I like an even matchmaker. I think that was part of the reason that I was a little bit, honestly afraid to jump into halo matchmaking as I was like, I, I mean, I picked it up like week of release, but I, one, I wanted to like, I haven't played a halo game in forever. Yeah. So I was like, I can't even I can't even headshot a, a, a grunt anymore. Right you now. Like <laughs> and and so I don't want to go in and my last forays into competitive first person shooters were Call of Duty, mm. which spoiled my love for competitive fault, you know, yeah. coming from Halo to that. Like I did enjoy it for a while. But then um you know, like the other thing was just like, I don't know if the matchmaking is going to be set. I don't know if we're going to be dealing with online you know, net issues because it's the first week of release. And well, yeah. actually, with multiplayer, they actually released the multiplayer two or three weeks ahead of the campaign. Um, so for free, uh, even on Steam. So, right. Uh, there's actually a healthy and I, as far as I know, the multiplayer is free still. Yeah. Like, yeah, even on Steam. So even if you don't have PC pass. You could still hop into the multiplayer, which is pretty cool. Um, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Halo? The only other thought that we usually cover that we haven't is the oh, music yeah. is Halo. It's Halo music and it's good. I like Halo's brand of music. It's yeah. actually pretty amazing. Like that it 
it does a little bit of the like it'll be intense when there's battles and not intense when it's not and there's some good boss music and it's all halo music and it's all makes me feel like it's just you know pure nostalgia injection into my earlobes but yeah no that's a very fair point that i didn't really (laughs) think about but you're right it is excellently scored um throughout the whole thing yeah and i guess i guess we should answer the final question of why does halo infinite matter I think to me, Halo Infinite matters because it's again uh, another entry into the list of like Microsoft is trying to redeem them. Like, yes, they if it, Microsoft in the '90s and maybe early 2000s was kind of bad guy, you know, maybe. But they've been doing a lot of work to not be evil in the gaming sphere. Yeah, and I think that they've been doing a pretty good job of proving that, like. Yeah, we also agree that Halo was not what it could have been. So here's just good Halo. Not yeah. amazing Halo, not mind-breaking Halo, just good Halo. It's what you expect plus the advancements that, you know, we have made in understanding technology and gaming over the last few years. And it's like, cool. I'm I'm fine. That's that's great. That's great. That is exactly what I wanted. I didn't need anything over the top. Yeah. And I think that if they can do that to Starcraft or Diablo or like, I don't maybe, maybe I can finally go play WoW or something. I don't know. Like that'll, that'll change things. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that Halo Infinite is, is a, a way to say that like you can have a staple game and change enough to make it new, but also not change so much that it loses its identity right and i think that halo is definitely halo infinite is a back to identity and some there's there's some cringe in it there was some stuff that i didn't like um but i think for the most part it felt it felt like an actual i don't know it like it felt like an old school halo game with modern graphics and a new story yeah instead of being a remaster or a reboot it was just more and better yeah yeah, I think I think I would say that um, I appreciate that it's what you said that it, it is a demonstration that a long-standing IP can still produce a very high-quality uh, game. I can't say it's my favorite single-player shooter because it's it it just nothing is as fun to me as Doom Eternal when it comes to single-player FPS. Um, but I think Halo is it, they're different though because Doom Eternal is not open world in any sense right. of the word. It's I mean, the levels are open design, but it's still largely a pretty linear, you know, experience. Um, but especially when it comes to multiplayer, I think it's super cool that that brand of FPS multiplayer still is out there and with a high quality version of it, because we've gotten to a place where Call of Duty and Battlefield are dominant. And then beyond that, it's Battle Royales. Yeah. And I don't think Battle Royales are crap or something. That's That's no. not my point, but it's just that's just a certain variety of it. And we also gotten... don't have like unreal tournament battle Royale. Yes, exactly. Um, which yeah, that'd be nuts, but, <laughs> but, I th- Maybe but, we I, should. but I think that halo's smaller scale, tighter. Um, and just, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would say it's more focused, but like you said earlier, it just kind of slows it down a little bit, but not to a point where it feels sluggish. It's right. just, it just doesn't feel I guess honestly, the way I would say it is, if someone kills me really fast in Halo, because I'll still, I, I can, st- I'm still very capable of dying in like two seconds or something, mm-hmm. right? But if someone does that, I always think it's because they're good, or they, at least they earned it, right? Not because they got lucky or they're camping a, you know, like you said, a gap or something, or like, no, they actually legitimately just made the better play than I did there, uh, and I think that. Like how it feels when you lose matters, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> I no, think that's, that's huge. That is huge. That is a huge point to make. Yeah. And I, I think it feels, it doesn't feel wildly unfair. Whereas in some games, I mean, again, to go back to battlefield, like there's times when I've spawned and then there's just a fighter jet piloted by some guy who has spent hundreds of hours piloting fighter jets in battlefield. And he's awesome at it. And he is awesome at just killing me before I could even get to a gunfight. And it's like, that's just not fun, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, but anyway, well, I think that that uh, 
that's all I had on on Halo Infinite. But definitely, if you have PC Pass, I would go check it out. And yeah. if you have, if you don't have PC Pass, get it because if there's any <laughs> amount of grandfathering, like, <laughs> it's worth it. It's already worth it as is. Yeah, and it'll only be more worth it. We were talking earlier about how there's a couple of games that if I just leave them on my Steam wish list long enough, they appeared on Games Pass. So, <laughs> so over over Christmas break. Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is all three Mass Effects remastered with all the DLC, was $30 on Steam. And it's been about a decade since I played Mass Effect, and I really, really liked it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick it up. I want to go back through the the remastered trilogy again, which, of course, I've not done still. But (laughs) I, I, I I did get it, and then literally like three weeks later, Legendary Edition Mass Effect trilogy is on pc pass and i was just like why didn't i just wait why didn't i just I wait the pc pass has actually done more to fight steam than epics did oh and epics epic spent so much money right <laughs> trying to fight steam and then and then microsoft comes along yeah it's like nah we're gonna do the netflix model and like an epics already trying to give away like every game it can Right. And and Microsoft's like, why don't we just give them all away, but then charge them a monthly fee mm-hmm. and make it small enough that they forget that it's impacting their wallet at all. And then they just think that every game is free. Do you like remember we, when do. we started and it was five dollars? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if it's still true, but back when we started it, uh, if it's your first month, you can try it for a dollar. Mm-hmm. So very low risk to entry right. here. Uh, and yeah, I just I can't. We need to get an affiliate link for PC Pass. We, is what oh we, need to do. we probably could. Affiliate links are not hard to get. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk shop <laughs> later. Well, that's all for our episode today. If you like this episode, consider buying us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash P-U-I-S-Pod, or just tell a friend about us. It really does make a difference. All of our links and social accounts are available in the show notes. And if you'd like to hear more from me on my other shows, I've got The Walk Show, which talks about the walk of life through a variety of interviews. And the Crowfall podcast, which shares stories and perspectives from the MMO Crowfall. Mm-hmm.